You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. Episode number 293. Don't let just getting no response from like an email blast or a text blast or something stop you from reaching out to the specific buyers in that area because they might have even gotten that email blast. They might have even gotten, you know, but they just didn't open it at the time or they were doing something or they get a, a ton of emails all the time. I'm telling you, in this market right now, if you're having trouble selling your properties, you got to pick up the phone and you got to call them. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We are back. This is Brent Daniels, and welcome back to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, the world's number one podcast when it comes to wholesaling real estate. Every week, Tom Kroll, Cody Hoffheim, and myself work to bring you the absolute best in interviews and thoughts so that you can accomplish one goal, and that is to have the instruction that you need to go out and source the absolute best real estate opportunities in the marketplace, which leads me to our guest today. This guy has had some phenomenal, like really, really, really challenging, challenging times when he started the business. He left a very secure job to go after his real estate ambitions. I'll let him tell you all about it because it is just a fantastic story. You're going to be so inspired by this story and you're going to understand that once you get going in this business, you can change your financial future. From Baltimore, Maryland, it is Jemai Nakom. Say hello, Jemai. What's going on, Brent? TTP, <laughs> baby, let's do it. TTP, <laughs> I love it. So, so Jemai, I, I introduced you, and this is something that you had posted to the TTP group, and you were, you were going through a lot of different things at the time, but you had essentially a very, very, very comfortable financial position with your with with a very secure job. Is that right? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, just a quick background on my story. You know, I did everything that, you know, everyone tells you to do is go to school, get a good job and get a nice career and, you know, ultimately attain the American dream. So, you know, I went to college, graduated, studied accounting. Quick backdrop on that. I like literally researched the 10 highest paying jobs and accounting popped up. So I said, hey, least I'm out of school. Let's do it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I went with it, graduated, got a nice, great government paying job. It was, you know, great salary. Um, started off in the 50s. But in the government, like it's basically an incremental promotion each year. Like you get a $10,000 pay raise. It's pretty much guaranteed. You, you really have to like really be, I don't want to curse my hair, but yeah, you really yeah, got to yeah. mess to not get the promotion. Sure, like, sure. So yeah, fast forward a few years and I slowly realized like I really hated it. So I was trying to figure out my exit strategy like within the, the first two to three years. I'm like, this is not for me. I got to find something else. Got it. So it was just crushing you. So you were in the job three years. I mean, how far into this job? Because there's a lot of people listening to this that maybe have a full-time job or they've had a They've had a, a career for years and years and years. Like, how far into this, 
you know, you graduate, you get this job, you're excited. You're like, okay, my life's on the right path. Like how far into it were you like, oh no, this, yeah, I, I get it. Like I'm, I'm comfortable and I'm secure, but I'm not happy. Yeah. So uh, I guess just to give you a timeline. So I graduated college in 2012. Mm -hmm. When I first got out, it was a little bit rough. I didn't get the government job right away. Um, I had to work my way up, so to speak, and get some actual uh, experience. So I worked at a small accounting firm for two years. It was cool. It wasn't like really stressful per se. But then after I got you know the experience for two years, I got the government job in 2014. So from 2014 to 2017, I was at a nice job, increasing my grades every year. Started off as a GS9, what they call it, making about 57000 mm -hmm. And then uh, I got promoted all the way to GS12. I was making, I think, eighty-seven when I left. So I transferred. So I, I was like, yeah, man, this job is, is brutal. Like I'm working from 6 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. It was tough. So I said, maybe let me just try another agency. Maybe something else might, you know, have a different experience. Sure. And I moved from Baltimore all the way down to Arlington, Virginia. Mm. So the commute was treacherous, to say the least. I bet. Uh, so, yeah, I did that from like 2017 to 2019. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, this is not this is definitely not the way to go. So. <laughs> Yeah, basically, I ended up just leaving. April 2018. Wow. So, yeah. so over a year. And how did you, what did you do to, had real estate always been kind of in your in your mind? I mean, why not do, you know, some, some other business or, you know, drop shipping or Bitcoin or, you know, all these other things that, you know, people are right. kind of, you know what I mean? Why, why real estate? Definitely get it. The reason why I gravitated towards real estate was because um, in college, I actually took this class called entrepreneurial something. It was an entrepreneurship class. And the, the professor was amazing. Very independent study. And she, the first book she gave us to read was called Rich Dad Poor Dad. <laughs> and that completely changed my mindset. Sure. Oh my God. Yeah. About you know, having a job and you know paying yourself first. And real estate was the key, but I was so, I don't want to say I was so young, but I guess that my mindset wasn't there for me to really like fully dive in and commit, just trying to figure out real estate per se. It's so big. Like there's yeah. so much different needs. Yeah. So fast forward, I seen this guy on, uh, I think I used to browse world star hip hop mm -hmm. back in the day. And uh, this guy named Mark Witten, uh, he's a local Baltimore uh, wholesaling guy. And he had an infomercial on there. You know, hey, you want to make money in real estate with no money down? And again, my mindset was so like close, scarcity. I just couldn't grasp the concept. Like, is this guy really true or is he trying to pitch me something? Right, right. So, um, again, fast forward a few years later, ended up listening to a Bigger Pockets podcast. And the guy, Tom Crow, the legend, um, <laughs> gave step-by-step -step instructions on how to get started. And from there, I just, you know, took off and kept it going. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I had uh, originally heard Tom Kroll's interview with his brother Todd Toback when he was doing his 90 Days to Greatness, where literally yeah. Tom was broke and his brother <laughs> pulled him on video on YouTube and on his podcast and was like, you got 90 days left of money, like, 
this is go time. And it was like the best, like <laughs> step-by-step, like do exactly this instruction that, that I'd heard. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so incredible. And now we fast forward and, and now I'm a part of the, uh, obviously a host on this, on the show. I have you, I get to interview amazing people. I mean, it's just incredible. This business is absolutely incredible, especially once you start going, because you start, and w- when you did your first deal, right? It wasn't life-changing, right? It wasn't like you're retiring, you know, to green your pastures and going to sit on a beach somewhere, right? So like, talk to us about, you know, you listen to this interview with Tom Kroll and then what happens? Yeah. So um, once, you know, I got off the interview, uh, he gave us step-by-step instructions. I went directly to list source. I pulled the absentee owners list. I didn't really like filter it out (laughs) the most way, but you know, I just took, you know, as you would say, massive and perfect action. And I yep. just went for it. And I actually mailed postcards the mm-hmm. first time around. Long story short, didn't really get the, the solid response. I probably got like five, a handful of calls. Yeah. Uh, but never really amounted to nothing. But it gave me the experience and confidence to talk to people. And I actually went out on an appointment. But um, fast forward, I ended up using that same list. And uh, once I, I got into wholesaling Inc. in a podcast, I got into your episodes and you were talking about cold calling. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, OK, let me just list and uh, cold call it. So I ended up doing that. And lo and behold, I found an elderly guy. He had already a duplex unit in Baltimore, two units, and he wanted to get rid of it. He was just aging. So that's when you know I went out there, went on an appointment. And yeah, man, he showed me the house. It was actually in pretty good condition. Uh, he had new furnaces, new water heaters. It really didn't need any work. Yeah. But he just wanted to really get rid of it. It seemed like the tenants were not the nicest people. <laughs> and on top of that, yeah, he was really getting elderly. So he really just wanted to, to get rid of it. Sure. So I got in there, locked it up at 60000 Mm-hmm. Didn't really know what I was doing, but I did have a little negotiation tactic. So I scheduled an an inspection with my brother, who's an HVAC tech. Yeah. And he came in with me the following week. We took a look at it, did our inspection, and I ended up getting a price reduction for 55. But at that time, I didn't have no buyers. So I actually reached out to, I believe she was a guest on one of your podcasts. She's a local girl. I believe her name was Nana. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. 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 So I reached out to her. She brought the buyer in. I think we made like $8,000 on that first uh, deal. Nice. I love it. I love it. Well, and that's good. I mean, I, I always encourage when you're starting out and you don't have right that buyer base, then you don't know if it's a true deal or not a deal and how big of a deal it is. And because of that, I always encourage you to reach out to somebody that has the experience that at least is going to give you the peace of mind to know, yes, you've got something good here and here I've got the perfect buyer for it or, or you know, we'll partner and I'll blast it out. Make something on it just so that you understand the whole process and closing it and getting through it and actually getting your first checks, but also keep building up that buyer base, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, at the end of the day, like wholesaling is so niche. Like I'm grateful to even find the wholesaling group on Facebook, podcast, just having this community. Because like you said, when you're first starting, you don't really know what the deal is. So she was definitely a great deal of help to really 
come in, nurture the situation, and uh, really get this thing to close. And I'm like forever grateful. There. That is awesome. So, so what do you do? How is how is your buyer base now? Because we're going to be talking about so, some of these deals you're doing now. So how is it now? Are you still partnering with people? Are you still building it? Talk to us. Um. So yeah, my buyer base is pretty strong. I actually took your advice, which is to find a local wholesaler in your, you know, community or in your market and trade list up. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm at like I think it's thirteen hundred buyers. Nice. Uh, and you know, it's a mix of agents as well. So I definitely have I think a pretty consistent buyers list. So so what Jemai's talking about is you build up your your cash buyer database to maybe 200, 300, 400 people, whether that's getting agents off of Zillow that are doing flips or driving around and seeing people that are, you, you see a dumpster in the front of the house, obviously there's a renovation. You go in and talk to them, you talk to builders, you talk to, you know, just, just you, you go down to the foreclosure auctions and you talk to those buyers. I mean, you build your cash buyer database to 100, 200, 300, and then you find somebody that has a similar size and you trade with them and then keep trading up, trading up, trading up. And then all of a sudden you have 1,000, 2,000, 5,000. And uh, you're rocking and rolling because the more robust and healthy and, and fresh your cash buyer database is, the more you're going to make. It's an absolute fact. The more you're going to make. Don't be, as Tom Crow would say, a CBE, right? A cash buyer employee, <laughs> right? Don't just sell it to the same person over and over and over and over again. Trust me, I did that for like a year and a half. And I was making like twelve thousand per deal, and now we're at twenty-seven thousand per deal. So it's a big difference. It's a big, big, big oh, yeah. difference. So let's talk yeah. about. Let's talk about. You have just posted to the TTP private Facebook page a nice, healthy check. Like you're getting close. Like the the funds in your account were were whittling down. I mean, you were throwing everything that you had at this wholesaling business, and then finally push, push, push. You finally broke through. Let's talk about that. Oh man. So yeah, um, that check was actually from it was actually from driving for dollars. Mm-hmm. So of course they always say that that's the biggest deals, but I mean at the time I didn't know. I was just following instructions. I'm yep. just gonna drive for dollars, look for the worst houses on the block, which I did, and this one happened to be a fire damaged property. Love it. I call I, you know, went home. I wrote it down. I didn't even have the deal machine app yet. I wrote it down, went to bashkiptracing.com, got the phone numbers. I called them. I think I called them on a Sunday and I got them and we had a great conversation. Uh, He told me that he had the home for 35 years. Mm. Um, He raised kids in it. Yep. Um, Everyone's grown now. And he actually already had the insurance money already. So, I mean, if he was able to sell it, he, he was like, he was great with it. So I was like, okay, great. So fast forward, we were able to set up an appointment. I go out there and, oh my God. I mean, it looked bad from the outside, but on the inside, everything was just charred, like still. <laughs> yeah, sure. The suit, oh man, it was it was ridiculous. Now, um, is this a brick so, home? Is this a wood frame home? What, what, what type of home is this? It's a brick home, yep. but uh, I believe like the, the beams and the studs still had, you know, yep wood built but um yeah everything needed to be replaced definitely so uh we walked through it and uh we look into one of his closets and he actually pulls out the uh that board game that robert kiyosaki made right yeah the um uh cash um cash flow cash flow yeah yeah, yeah. he pulled it out he's like yeah man this is like the most 
valuable thing I have in this house. I'm like, really? <laughs> so yeah, we actually got, you know, building report again, talking about real estate. Mm. So I'm like, okay, like, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. You know, I go out and find properties for other buyers. So again, I was completely transparent with him mm-hmm. and, you know, build report and long story short, we ended up agreeing for 35,000. At that time, no, my buyers list, I sent it out. I sent it out at 59, mm-hmm. thinking, hey, you know, maybe I should get something. Yeah. And nobody responded. So obviously, you know, I didn't give up. I just continued to, to rhino on and charge forward. And what I did was it's a hot investor area. So I looked at all the new flips and mm-hmm. see who owned. And it was like I pulled like 10 LLCs. Somehow was able to Google, skip trace some fine numbers. Yep. And I set up an open house and out of 10 people, six came and we got an offer for like 60,000. So, of course, I just jumped on it and moved forward with it and we were good to go. Now, did you, uh, so just let's, let's pull this back just a little bit for people that aren't familiar. So if a property is owned by an LLC, typically what you have to do is you have to Google it and you have to try to find the managing member or somebody that's the owner of that property. Typically it is on your local or your state corporation commission website. And what you, what, what's pretty awesome is, you know, when you record or when you start a business, you have to record your articles, articles of organization. You have to record some other things, just depending on which state you're in. And so it'll have the information and sometimes the address for the owners of that LLC, which is great because yeah. then you go in, you put it in into backskiptracing.com, use TTP as a discount code, don't forget that. But you get the information and then what you called them, is that right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I called all the buyers. What'd you absolutely. tell them? What'd you tell them? What, what? I was like, hey, I just picked up this smoking hot deal. It's right in your niche. I see you just renovated a single family home. This one is similar square footage. It looks like something that you can definitely flip. And he was open to it. And you got uh, so six I out of ten there. Yeah, yeah. So I actually set up the open house based on his time frame. Mm-hmm. He said he could do it like Monday at three. All the buyers, I told them, hey, open house is Monday at three. It was kind of a weird time, but sure. they, they, that's how committed they were because they ended up coming out, you know, during a weekday in the middle of the day. And, it's beautiful. You know, we got a lot of interest. So it definitely worked out that way. Well, and I love it. And I love that you didn't just send it out and hope and pray that somebody bought it and somebody didn't buy it. And then you took it to the next step, which is pick up the phone, call the people around that area that are doing flips in that, that know that area, that like that area, that probably live around that area, right? All of these things are really, really important, but you got to take that extra step. Don't let just getting no response from like an email blast or a text blast or something stop you from reaching out to the specific buyers in that area because they might have even gotten that email blast. They might have even gotten, you know, but they just didn't open it at the time or they were doing something or they get a, a ton of emails all the time. I'm telling you, in this market right now, if you're having trouble selling your properties, you got to pick up the phone and you got to call them. Not even texts anymore. People are getting too many mass texts now. People are getting voicemails <laughs> now. People, you, you got to pick up the phone. You got to call them and get them on the phone. It is so powerful. I love that you said that. I love that you mentioned that because that's something that I did want to talk about on this podcast. That's huge. Yep. 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 Man, it is huge because at the end of the day, like that's what this business is about, talking to people. Talking so to people. 
just yeah. got to have a proactive mindset. And, you know, if any sort of adversity comes to your way, you really got to figure it out and just get on the phone and, and make, make some things happen. And you sold it for 60 And another interesting thing is when you're going after these properties that are fire damaged, most of the time they get, they've already got their insurance check. They've already moved on with the thing. This is kind of like bonus money. Like this is, they want to get something out of the lot, obviously, but it's more like they're kind of selling land than they're selling the property, right? Right. Um, It just depends. Just depends on how bad the, the fire damage is. But you know, these people at that point are, are, are typically unemotional about it. They'll have a price. They'll give it to you. And usually it makes sense because they've already gotten a big check from the insurance company. They've paid off their debts. They've got money. They just want to pay this off. They, they just want to get this off their plate so that they can move on with their life like it happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what did you net on this? So, yeah, after closing, because um, I did a double close, but I think we – Came out to twenty one eight ninety. Yeah, yeah. twenty one thousand. Hold on a second. Oh. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> Let's do it. I love Thanks. it. I love it. So here's the deal. Like you were talking about, you know, the first ones. You were kind of splitting eight thousand. You had told me before we got on the podcast that you did one. It was like a thousand. And then, you know, you're, you're pushing and you're trying and you're, you're trying to get those big checks, right? And once you get something that's over $20,000, now things are like, okay, now I've got some breathing room. Now I'm building it up. Now I've got some reserves. Like now you're feeling, and then I think, in my opinion, people like you that are just growing their business, keeping their pipeline full. I mean, do you have the other check right there? For everybody watching, oh, yeah. if, you're, if you're listening to this, go to Brent Daniels Real Estate on YouTube and you can check out uh, first all the information that you need. But here's here's a check that he's got that he just got for 12200 Hold on, let's pull it back a little bit. $12,274. Boom. I yeah, love it. Look at that. And yeah. you've got other ones. You've got another one closing in a week, right? Yeah, man. I, I got some things flowing. Well, due to some unforeseen circumstances with Baltimore, the city of Baltimore just had like a ransomware attack. Okay. So yeah, like the whole city has been shut down for like the past, the whole month of May. Oh some gosh. some IT hackers went in and basically held the city for ransom. Um, of course, the city didn't pay it out. They chose to build up their own systems from scratch. So now, in terms of pulling lien certs and oh, yeah. bills and property taxes, everything is on a paper trail. So oh my going back to courier. So yeah, everything has been slowed up. So month of May was horrible, but this month should hopefully make up for um, the previous month. So yeah, man, uh, I got another one in the pipeline for like about 19,000. Yep. Yeah, we got some other hot leads, but you know, that one is the most recent one. So Love it. yeah, man. And and you are getting these from calling, from picking up the Oh phone. yeah. TCP. TCP. I love it. So what, what list are you calling right now? What's working for you? So yeah, I'm using a very niche list. I'm actually going after Baltimore City's violation list. Love it. And if anyone, you know, in the Baltimore market or wants to invest in the market, it's actually publicly available. So there's a website. If you just Google it, search Baltimore City code violations, they, you know, 
it's, I guess it's by law, you have to publicly make it available. So I go in, I actually have a VA now mm-hmm. that's able to go in and scrape the data and get the owner's name. And she pulls me fresh lists uh, weekly. And uh, once I get the list, I skip trace it and uh, just get on Mojo and start calling, man. Love it. And a VA stands for a virtual assistant. It's basically, you know, um, an assistant that you would hire from. But typically, it's the Philippines. Are you, is yours in the Philippines? Yeah, she's in the Philippines. Yeah. How, how did you yeah. find her? All on Upwork.com. Yeah. Upwork. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So Upwork.com makes it super, super easy to post. Uh, to post for different assistants. And, and uh, what Jemaya is talking about is that he scrapes the list to pull the address and or the owner info from the code violations. What I suggest is if you're going to hire a virtual assistant, make a video of you doing these things or the things that you want them to do. And it's going to cut the learning curve like crazy. I use a a thing on my computer called ScreenFlow. I think that you can even record from like Google Drive or something. I don't know. There's a, there's a bunch of different resources to record your screen and then you can share it with your virtual assistant so that, boom, they see what's going on. And then now they're doing that repetitive task that you don't want to be doing every day or every week. And you're getting those leads and you're getting through and you're, you're, you're getting their phone number. You're picking up the phone and you're taking action. When do you typically make your calls? So, yeah, I'm not the best at having, you know, the most, the best schedule, but I strive to get them in early. Okay. I'll shoot for somewhere between 8 to 11, 9 to 12. I really want to be done for the first half of the day. So that way, you know, I can really have the rest of the day to go on appointments. And also, too, I just hired a, a cold caller. So uh, she tends to call in the evenings. Yeah. So Great. Three is seven you know, around that time frame. So yeah, yeah, we're really working it that way. Yeah, it's great when you can start leveraging other people and their talents and their skills. And, and when you're doing other things, when you're doing lead follow-up or you're selling the deals or you're on appointments, you have somebody that's constantly calling. That's how you start building and scaling and growing this business and keeping yeah. it really, really, really lean because you don't have to have a huge budget to bring somebody on. That, that's going to start rolling and keeping your pipelines, uh, your pipeline really, really, really healthy so that you're just constantly, it's constantly throwing off a deal, two, three, four, five, ten deals a month, whatever it is. And, and life gets really exciting at that point for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Hopefully I hope to scale, you know, one, one person at a time. Uh, you got it. Get to- yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> will. Especially with the big checks that you're getting. I mean, you got 19, you got 21, you got 12, you got, you know, all these, they, they just add up, add up, add up, add up. You keep your costs really, really tight. You know, watch that bank account all the time. Don't think because you get these big checks that you can go out, that, that you want to go out and spend it all and be crazy. Keep it really, really, really tight until you're building up, until you have whatever, three, six months of reserves for your operating and your living. And then you can start getting a little bit wild out there. But Tell, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. If they want to get a hold of you, if they want to network with you in Baltimore, if they want to be on your buyer's list, if they just want to be, you know, maybe meet you, meet up, talk, whatever, they gel with you on some level here. Maybe there, maybe there's a, there's a poor accountant out there that is just <laughs> sitting, listening to this and he's like, Oh my gosh, this is my story. This guy seems so happy and he's free and he's doing real estate. Like how, do, how should people get a, get in touch with you? Do you have a yeah, Instagram definitely. or something? Um, yeah. I'm, to be honest with you, I'm horrible on uh, social media, okay. but 
best way to really, really reach out to me is uh, by email, charmcitypropertysolutions at gmail.com, charmcitypropertysolutions at gmail.com. And, you know, reach out to me. Feel free to ask me any questions. You know, I learn from, you know, the best, like Brent, I try to strive on being a go-giver as much as possible. That's right. Uh, I just really want to give as much as I can back to the, the community. So absolutely. I love it. I love it. And thank you so much for, for sharing. I think there's a lot of people there that I think there's a big turn, I think, going on with, with our generation and the younger generation. Just, just people are understanding that happiness matters, right? That we have options that, you know, that having the self-awareness that you can be happy and be an entrepreneur and real estate is a great vehicle. Wholesaling real estate is the perfect vehicle for getting big checks so that you can fund whatever your passions are, truly are. If you want to be, you know, some sort of real estate mogul and you own a lot of properties, or if you want to start another company or invest in companies or whatever. I mean, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. They talk about the different quadrants (laughs) that you can get into, but wholesaling is that bridge. Wholesaling is that bridge that can get you there and, and really get your income to a nice, healthy spot where you can start investing and having those options. So I think that it's great. Thank you so much. If you guys want to, on the YouTube channel, it's going to have all the spelling of Jemai's name and his, his contact info, and then also some resources that you can use there. And if you're ready to join the most proactive group, join us together in the TTP program. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Scroll down, check out what the program's about. Go check out all the testimonials. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. Would love to work with you personally. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much. You have been amazing. And, you know, I I look forward to seeing you just explode your business in the future. It's going to be, it's going to be incredible. Definitely. Thanks a lot, Brent. I appreciate the opportunity, man. This is like a dream come true for me. Like I always (laughs) wanted to do it, but I never felt like I was really solidified or had enough credibility to come on. But since I've, you know, this past few months have been like a whirlwind. And uh, yeah, man, I'm here. You certainly do. And you you brought an incredible value. So everybody out there, listen, you guys are amazing. Rhino on, progress, not perfection. And I highly encourage you to go out today and talk to people. Till next time. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.